So this evening, I have the uh, honor of talking about emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence. Um, and this is a quite a vast topic. Uh, it is quite intricate. It has a lot to it. So today, I'm going to do my best to uh, whet our appetites with it, uh, go through uh, the skeleton of it. Maybe we'll get to some of the meat of it, uh, depending on the Q&A. As always, please, please, Wednesdays, these are the wonderful times that we could, you know, ask questions, throw out ideas and thoughts. Um, I think that those are the best times that we learn. Um, you never know what uh, somebody may be thinking. Uh, maybe the question will, will help. So that, that's what we um, are here for this evening. So emotional intelligence, such a, like I said, big, big topic. So what is, so let's start with what emotional intelligence is. Uh, so for, for this, I actually, I'm going to use a book because why invent a wheel? right? Why invent the wheel that's already been invented? So um, this evening, I'm using this book, Emotional Intelligence 2.0, to break down tonight's uh, uh, teaching session and um, to go through some of the topics, okay? And uh, hopefully, like I said, we can learn from one another. So what is emotional intelligence? So according to these authors, emotional intelligence by Travis uh, Bradbury and Jean Graves is the ability to recognize, understand, and manage your own emotions as well as being able to understand and influence the emotions of others. I would like to define it this way. Emotional intelligence is the ability to harness our emotions to achieve godly results in ourselves and in others around us. Why is emotional intelligence what they call EQ? Why is this such a big deal? Because they have found that just having an IQ or just having skills and experience don't help a person become successful in life, period, right? They don't, uh, they, they realize that there is something more to success not only as a person, right? So we're talking about two types of success. There's the inward success of us as a human being um, and just growing and maturing. And also the success, the outward success of a career or a job, right? And so they say that those people, even though they don't have high IQs, they might even have low education, they are, um, the people that actually are successful are people with high EQs or emotional intelligence. Um, and I, I've seen this, I've seen this in life. I, I've, I've realized that there's people uh, that are homeless and the most intelligent people that you can uh, talk to. So what's what's the problem? And the problem that has been discovered is like I said, emotional intelligence. Now, emotional intelligence, also studies have shown that if we can increase our emotional intelligence by just one digit, by just a little bit, just, this is just a quanti- like a quantitative way of measuring it. They say that salary can go up by $1,300. An annual salary can go up $1,300. Um, this is just so that we can understand the impact and influence of EQ in our lives. Now, as Christian leaders, entrepreneurs, 
mom's dad's EQ becomes important to lead our home, our businesses, and our workplaces. Okay, so, you know, oddly enough, as, as I was looking at this topic of emotional intelligence, the story that came to me, because it's about emotions, right? The, the, the story that came to me was that of Joshua. Joshua 8.1. It says, Now the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. Take all the people of war with you. Arise and go up to A. See, I have given into your hand the king of A, his people, his city, and his land. And the reason I believe that this scripture came to my mind was because we're dealing with the emotion, right? Joshua was feeling afraid. There was a sense of the unknown. Um, and what usually happens when we have fear? A lot of things can happen. We can become paralyzed. We don't want to move. We see danger, we freeze. But in here, you know, God spoke to Joshua and he says not to be afraid. Now, I believe that when God is saying to Joshua not to be afraid, he's not telling him that uh, he is not going to feel fear. He's more saying, don't let it paralyze you. Don't let it overtake you. I am with you. Victory is yours. Follow me. Don't be afraid. Don't let it overcome you. And so emotion, So we're going to get into this emotional intelligence. And I'm just giving us examples of how uh, emotional intelligence plays a part even as a believer. And as we go out into our workplaces and our homes, I believe it affects, it, it, it definitely affects our relationships with one another, even spouses, our, our, ch- our children. Um, it, it just plays into so many areas as, you're, as we're all going to see. Amen. Um, so are we, are we good? Anything yet? Please write down your questions. I, I will stop a couple of times throughout this just to make sure you guys are with me. Okay, so obviously developing emotional intelligence um, is very, very important. And it comes into play with that abundant life that Jesus promises us, right? He says that we would have life and life abundantly. And, you know, I see, I see EQ, I see emotional intelligence in the scriptures playing a lot. Okay, if we really look at it, because what it is, is it's controlling our emotions and not letting them drive us, right? And the scriptures teach that. God teaches us that. Not to allow our anger, our fear, our guilt, our shame to override us and drive what we do, right? And so this is basically what we're going to touch. And we're going to touch four different like I said, the, these, these things are in the book, but I've broken them down to kind of give us um, some, some more uh, concept to, to emotional intelligence and how important it is. So the four things that we're going to touch this evening on emotional intelligence and, and what it encompasses is self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and then relationship management. So obviously the first two have to do with our us inward and then the other two social awareness and relationship management have to do with how we relate to others. And um, you will see how these things can play into our uh, work relationships, um, how to have proper work relationships. Um, It will teach us how to have proper boundaries uh, it's, it's, it's just so much. Okay. So understand, like I said, it's, it's a lot. I, I, under each topic that we're going to go through, 
I just picked up a few strategies for each one to help us develop that part and for us to get an idea of what that is. But if you really want to uh, work on this, and I believe it's worth investing into, uh, you would buy you would buy a book. Or th- if you want this particular book, you can. It's available on Amazon. It's, it's not that bad of a price. Okay, so let's start. Self-awareness. Self-awareness. Self-awareness is getting to know who you are. Who, who am I as a person? It's understanding what makes you tick, right? Uh, this means that you, you feel your feelings. Oh, nobody likes this one. I know, I, I, don't, I don't like it at times, right? We feel our feelings. That means we're not stuffing them down. We're not making believe they're not there. We're not saying, uh, I'm, 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 I'm afraid and I'm going to try to ignore that I'm, I'm feeling scared. No. This means that you feel the feeling. You sit on it. And we're going to ask ourselves the why. It, it, this actually takes a lot of hard work. It can actually be very disconcerting and very uncomfortable. But the point of it is to, if you, as, as we go through it this evening, you're going to see that it prepares us because we'll learn how to grab hold of our emotions so that when we are in stressful situations, we know how to compose ourselves. We know how to uh, speak. We know how to deal with different types of people. And at the same time, all that's happening, we're building relationships. Amen. Um, Which is the end result of all this is to build healthy, strong, good relationships. Okay. So um, like I said, self-awareness is knowing what makes you tick. Like... I think some of us don't always know everything that makes us tick. We don't. We don't know what I call, I call them triggers, right? Let's say um, somebody, uh, somebody says a word to you that just automatically just makes you angry and makes you want to um, say a couple of words back that are not going to be helpful. They're not going to be helpful to the person you're giving it to, and they're not going to be helpful to the people that are hearing you. This is what EQ is. And we're not stuffing, like I said, our emotions down. You know, uh, I'm mad right now, so I'm going to eat a pint of Haagen-Dazs, and I'm going to eat a whole plate full of jollof rice and I'm going to stuff my emotions down until I don't feel them. This is not what this is. It's getting to really know who we are. So some tactics, some tactics that we have, right, to doing this. Because like I said, it's really, really hard to just feel our feelings. I know I it's something that I've actually been practicing and uh, I don't like it. I'll just be honest. I don't like feeling my feelings. Who wants to feel the sadness? Who wants to feel the anger? Nobody wants to do that. But when we allow ourselves a space to feel it, right? And you let it just go over you like a wave, you begin to see the why you're feeling it. And in that process, I see Jesus. I see God. Why do I see God? Because he wants us to know who we are. He doesn't want us to be scared of who we are. He made us. He made emotions. You know, he made us with feelings, right? And he gave us the emotions for a reason. And we're going to find out that the emotions he gave us actually are supposed to be informative. They give us information. For instance, 
Being angry is not bad. It tells us that something is off or wrong. Maybe it's an injustice that's being done. Maybe it's a hurt that you haven't healed from. But it allows you to figure those moments out. So for the first tactic for this, um, and there's a lot, but I've picked out a few for us uh, to just go by. So the first one is don't judge our emotions as good and bad. Don't judge them as good and bad. Just um, um, allow yourself to feel it, even if it's uncomfortable. Because the moment you start judging this is a good, this is a bad, you won't want to feel the feeling and you won't get to the root of the issue. And the whole thing is, it's getting to the root of the issue. And as you can see, it's a healing process. It really does. It really does help you heal from uh, things and, and lets you get things out. Okay, the next one here, because I don't, we only have 30 minutes to do this. The next one is, Leaning into our discomfort, right? Like I already said, it's already uncomfortable, um, but we have to lean into that. It takes some work on our part. So we're going to have to lean into the discomfort. The other um, tactic I have is know who and what pushes your buttons. Those are the triggers I was talking about. Sometimes it's worth it to take some time and list them. Maybe put them on your phone. And as you go, you realize that one of the things that makes you angry is when somebody cuts you off in line. Why does that make you angry? Why is that upsetting you? Investigate that. Oh, because when I was in school and I was little, um, I had a kid that would bully me and always take, cut me in the lunch line and make me feel X, Y, and Z. You see and we get to know what's really happening. You know, and as we do this, we're beginning to actually take control of our emotions and our feelings. Okay, um, the last one I have here, because we have to keep going, is to get to know yourself under stress. Recognize when you are under stress. Our body and our mind will give us signals that we are stressed out and we need a break and it's okay to take a break. For example, um, some physical signs, stomach aches, um, indigestion can be signs of anxiety and nervousness. Fatigue can be a sign of emotional distress. Some people have palpitations, pounding headaches, uh, backaches. All these are a sign of stress. It's okay to take time out and allow yourself to recharge emotionally and physically because that way you're able to, you're, you're catching yourself. That's what, that's what it's doing. When you see those signals of stress and if, what happens is if we continue, it's harder to harness our emotions and feel our feelings. It becomes really difficult. They'll, they'll just take advantage of you, you know. So in the next part, the next, the next one we're going to go to is self-management. And we're going to understand under self-management why it's important not to let our emotions run our life. So the second one is self-management. This is the ability to manage who you are in all types of situations whether stressful, whether happy, whether you're excited, whether you're sad, it's learning how to manage you. The book's definition um, is the ability to use the awareness of your emotions to actively choose what you do. It's more than just having self-control. I have an example here like customer service. You know, I've had times where There's reason for me to blow off the handle when the customer is just screaming and yelling at me because, and I don't even know why, you know, just yelling for no reason. Um, And I've learned that that is something that I need to control. 
right? That's how I would control my response. And I've had times where because I thankfully am able to control my response and my own emotions because I know that it makes me upset, I control the scenario and the outcome, right? So what ends up happening is because I'm able to stay in control, I'm able to give a gentle response to an angry customer, even though I myself might be upset about how the customer is treating me. In the end, sometimes the customer even apologizes back and says, oh, I'm sorry for X, Y, Z, blah, blah. I shouldn't have been like that. We both learn, right? It, it becomes a learning experience. And I've had times where that cust- some of those customers become my best customers ever. Like they absolutely end up loving me. So this is EQ. This is what is called EQ. Okay, so self-management. So how do we, it's basically sizing ourselves up so that our emotions don't hijack a situation. So some tactics that we can take. One of them is taking deep breaths. Taking deep breaths. This, it's called breathing exercises. Um, A lot of, psychologists, therapists use this technique because what they realize is people, when they're under stress, you're at work, don't actually breathe properly. And our body needs oxygen to function. So our body ends up not being able to focus. We can't think straight. We become more stressed. We become more anxious because we're lacking oxygen. So just taking those deep breaths in and exhaling out slowly actually will give you some calm. It'll help you to focus better and act appropriately. And it's actually an exercise that uh, you need to do on a consistent basis. Okay, another tactic I pulled out here uh, because I like it so much. Um, Sleep on it. Sleep on it. Sometimes the most holy thing you can do is to sleep on something. Why? There's a few reasons why we just let just let time pass. Don't act. Don't say make a decision yet. Just sleep on it. Um, why? Because you'll feel you'll feel refreshed. You'll have a better perspective. You'll give yourself some time to grab a hold of yourself. And sometimes more information can come up, more information can surface, an event can happen that will better inform your decision. So, um, and, and I've seen this in my life. I'm sure some of you can testify to it as well, that we just give ourselves some time and just pause before we act or respond or, or take a stressful situation on or a conflict on wherever it is, home, work, whatever, uh, it, it gives us more clarity on the issue just by stepping away. Um, it, it allows us to, to gain some patience on the situation. Sometimes oh, we need patience by just giving ourselves a few days or weeks. Um, um, and and I, find the, I find it actually quite helpful. Something even I, I said to myself, I'll practice more. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not somebody who has all this. Obviously, I don't have it all down. I'm also in the progress of uh, working on it myself. Okay, another one that I found was super, super helpful um, was create emotion versus reason list. Creating emotion versus reason. Now, the whole point of emotional intelligence is not getting rid of our emotions, right? We're not trying to get rid of them. Emotions are informative. They tell us something. We just need to find out what that something is. And we need reason as well. So we make a list, especially when it comes to making some some decisions, 
we put emotions on one side, how I feel about the issue, and uh, my ra- what my rational brain is saying. Right. Um, sometimes you'll find that your emotion is telling you something, and your reason is telling you something, and you can see a better picture of what's happening so that you can make a better decision, right? Because we can't completely ignore how we feel about something or someone. But we can take a better decision when we have both our reasoning and our emotions in place. I could, I mean, I could think about a few situations I've personally had. I'm sure if you guys are thinking about it now, think of a situation right now where you just didn't like somebody because of how they made you feel but you still had to work with the person so how do you work with the person create an emotions versus reason list so that we can better cope with um you know the whys why the person is feeling and how to better handle that Okay, the next one here, I wish we had more time, but it's okay. Uh, next one here is learn a valuable lesson from everyone we encounter. Learn a valuable lesson from everyone we encounter. Every single encounter has a teachable moment, even one that makes you angry or sad. It's an opportunity to learn from different people's perspectives and opinions. And in some cases, we can be thankful about the position that we are in. Um, the book uses an example about driving. Um, the, the person I thought of when I read this was the Apostle Paul. Because he used these moments to his advantage to share the gospel of Christ. People didn't like him. Uh, but he used every single one of those encounters to his advantage. Uh, in Acts 26, verse 28 to 29, he was before the courts because they opposed what he was doing. They said they, had, they were criticizing him negatively about uh, spreading the gospel of Christ. And so he was in, they had chained him up. They had imprisoned him. And he took that opportunity to share Christ. And this is what um, Agrippa said. He said, then Agrippa said to Paul, you almost persuaded me to become a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me today might become both almost and altogether such as I am, except for these chains. They had opposing thoughts. They thought negatively about him. It was a very stressful situation. But he chose instead to use it to his advantage in the midst of the negative feelings and the stressful situation. This is emotional intelligence at work. Amen? Okay. I just want you to say, I'm using it because I want us to see how important it is and the areas that it can influence us on the ministry field, evangelizing. Um, it, it impacts so many, so many places. Um, it, it's so, it's so important. Okay. The next one we have, right? So that was self-management. So now we're going to go to others. We're going to do the others a little bit quickly here. Uh, social awareness is the next one social awareness social awareness is looking outward to others to learn and appreciate them it's recognizing understanding other people's emotions this includes body language tone facial features and posture it's being in tune with other people's feelings and thoughts it's reading what people are not saying Okay, that's social awareness. Um, 
they use like, you know, a, a example, you know, a waitress that's serving food and knows when to come and when not to come, you know, because she sees the cues on the table of the people they're ready to order and then they come then the waitress will pass by you know this kind of thing and the, and good waitresses really understand uh those those things very well they're 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 going to be the best the best best uh waitresses okay so some tips and some strategies we have for a social awareness and maybe i'll just do three for time's sake because i want q and a uh Greet people by name. Oh my God, this is so important. Greeting people by name. I can't tell you how many times this breaks the ice in social settings. Hi, my name is Jessica. Hi, my name is Lily. Um, you know, blah, 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 talking, talking. And then, you know, you'll see them later and you say, oh, hi, Lily, it was nice to meet you. Those types of things leave impression on people, especially when you're social networking, you know, meeting people for the first time, getting to know them. You want to build a repertoire with them, getting to know them by name. It shows people that you're welcoming, that you're inviting. Um, the 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 person that I thought of for this was uh in my Bible school the head the head of the school. He and I I used to find it so amazing. He knew every single student by name. Every single student was at least five or six hundred kids by name. He 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 if he would see me he would say hi Jessica, and I only introduced myself one time to him. And it made you, it makes you feel seen in such a large group of people. You know, if you, if, if you had time to talk to him, he would stop and have time to talk to you. You know, he, and he would remember your name. He would, if you told him your goals while you're in school, he would reiterate it to you again if he met you again during the school year how you're doing how's this goal going how are you gonna achieve it blah blah and he would take out five minutes and chat with students like that you know and it's so impactful the you know those few minutes it's just so so impactful so greeting people by name um the next one is watch body language oh my god so important sometimes i'm not that good at this um, I'm, I guess I'm still learning. Um, it can become easy to read other people, but not your own body language. We sometimes, what, I, what is termed a poker face, right? Especially when we're hearing stressful feedback, construct, you know, our bosses are telling us feedback or you're hearing a complaint about something or your spouse is complaining about something, uh, and just having a certain composure um, can help a situation so much. Maintaining, they say, maintaining on eye contact can show if a person is trustworthy, sincere, or caring. Shifting eyes um, suggests that they are being deceiving or blinking too much. Smiling. Um, they say smiling can be shown to be authentic or faked. And the reason they know that smiling is authentic is because of the, the little creases on our eyes. If they're not there, then they're fake. It's a fake smile. So somebody's faking, right? And if you see the crease, then that person is authentically smiling towards you. All these things are important because they're part of our communication to one another. And we have to be aware of our, of our own um, as well as reading others. Okay, the next one, I thought this was a good one. Clearing away clutter. What does that mean? When we are in social settings, we are to be present with people. Um, that means that we're not having our, our own conversation in our heads. Um, we're we're not trying to, the other problem sometimes we have in social settings is we're trying to think of a response 
while the person is talking to us.、Uh, this is not the best show of emotional intelligence.、Um, it's active listening. Listen to what the person is saying. Be present with the person. Let the person finish and then respond. This shows higher emotional intelligence. Because what people are looking for is are you listening to me? Not do you have a witty answer for me? They don't, they don't want that. They want to know that you're invested in the conversation, invested in the relationship, and invested in them. Right? Because that's what a relationship is two ways, right? It goes with meeting each other's needs. Okay, so that, that's, for, that's as far as I can go with social awareness. There's a lot more to it,、um, but uh, I, get, I think you get the gist of it. Okay, the next one here, like I said, it's, about, it's a two way street. So the last one is relationship management. Relationship management. This is growing and building a relationship for the long term. Right? If any of us, if you, if you find yourself that you can have relationships but they only last a little while and you, don't, you have a struggle of keeping friends, this is the part you want to pay attention to. It's relationship management. Relationship management takes into account all the other parts of EQ. You're going to need self awareness, you're going to need self management, and you're going to need social awareness. In order for relationship management to work, so it's building relationships.、Um, self, you, you're gonna need the self management to notice our feelings and judge if our needs are being met. Self management, you need it to express your feelings to the other person, and social awareness to better understand the other person you are in relationship to. You see how that works? It's like it's a two way street. It's both ways. Your, your needs are being met, and you're also meeting the other person's needs. That's how you build a relationship. So, some tactics we have here.、Um, I thought a big one was take, I'm only going to do two because of time. The big one here is take feedback well. Take feedback well. Well, this is really difficult because a lot of us can、uh, be taken off guard when we're getting feedback or become defensive. So, we have to learn what our response looks like when we are surprised, right? That's、uh, self awareness. We have to be self aware. How, how do I usually respond when I'm taken off guard? How do I respond when I'm surprised about something?、Um, and then you can. You know, learn how to manage how you feel in those situations so that you could also better respond. The next thing is to choose how you're going to respond to the feedback. The other important thing is、um, you want to look at when you're taking feedback is who is giving the feedback, right? Is it someone that you know that has the best interest for you, that sees the best interest, that wants better for you? And so it's easier to take feedback when you know that perspective. So you want to take that mentally into account when you're receiving feedback.、Um, think about when you, and then when you receive it, think about the feedback, analyze the feedback, and then you come up with a plan. You give yourself time and space, come with a plan. Does the person have a point? In what they're saying. And the last one I'm gonna do, because I think it's really important, I have so much here that, but it's okay.、Um, building trust. Most people think that trust is,、uh, and I, I mean, I was one too, where you see trust as something that people take from, like a bank account, you drain it out. Trust is actually something we can build, and that's the good news with trust. Trust is something we can build. And so, and it's built over time.、Um, and some ways that we can build trust is by having open communication. You're able to express yourself. You're not hiding things. You're not putting things under the rug. You're not making believe they're not there. You're having open communication both ways. There's a willingness to share. 
you share each other's life together, you share things. There is a consistency in words, actions, and behavior over time. And lastly, there is reliability in agreement. When you agree on something, uh, both parties come through. You're, you're considered reliable. These things help to build trust. Amen. I'm going to stop here um, because it's 7.51. Like I said, this was really just to give us what our appetites for it. Um, if you want to learn more about it, I, I really do think it's worth investing. As you can see, it really is something that helps mature a believer. It helps you go beyond your comfort zones. It helps you bring healing to your life. These are the types of things that I saw um, for emotional intelligence. And this is the book. Okay, it's called Emotional. I don't know if it's right side up in your camera. Emotional Intelligence 2.0. Um, you could buy it on Amazon. So let, I'm going to stop here for some Q&A. Anybody have any questions? Feedback? <laughs> feedback. This emotional intelligence we're talking about, right? So if you guys have feedback, um, maybe you have uh, something you want to talk about or share, you can do so. This, this is actually a really great question. I love it. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what my answer is. Um, and then if anybody else has a different response, you guys can chip it in. But from, this is from experience. I, I realized, because it, it has happened to me quite a few times, and um, I will just say, I'm sorry. I know that we, you know, we spoke on so-and-so day, and I'll tell them details of that day and what we spoke about, but can you, can you remind me what your, what your name is again? I'm really sorry I forgot. I, I'm just, I'm just honest and sincere that, and it has worked for me. The person will just kind of giggle a little bit and they'll be like, Oh, my name's Evelyn. All oh, right, Evelyn. I'm sorry. I won't forget again. And this time I'll say, I'll repeat the name. Cause so another tactic is to repeat the name a few times during your initial conversation. Because that actually does help. So I've realized when we first interact with that person, we'll say, oh, hi, uh, da, 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 my name is Lily. Okay, Lily, you repeat that heard the person's name a few times during conversation because it'll stick. Um, the other thing is if you don't know, because this has also happened to me, uh, I, I hear the name, but it's, it's like a not a common name. So I'll ask them to spell it for me or they have if they have a badge, you know, when I'm at work. Oh, okay, this is how you spell V. Oh, okay, I get it. All right, got it. 
and then I'll visualize it in my head. And that and that's another trick to help remember names. But on I'm I'm just sincere because I just feel like sincerity goes a long way with people if you're just upfront and, and it builds trust. You know, it's because you're building a relationship. And then I make sure I don't forget that person's name again. Amen. Anybody else have a suggestion that Okay, I think, yeah, I think that that's the consensus, yeah. Pastor Steve, I think you, oh, Felicia, Felicia, please. Yes, I missed the whole time, but when you sleep with a problem, so it's just that you have to talk to somebody about When I sleep over it, I pray and I'll go through the problem, never get solved. Okay, so go ahead. No, I just want to make sure I heard you correctly. So you're saying that um, you sleep on it and then you feel like the problem never gets solved? Because when I sleep on it, I don't go back to. So my struggle is in the heat, I want to talk. I want to bring it out. I want to, and then sometimes... When I ask Holy Spirit to help me, then I'll be hearing stuff like, relax, don't talk, don't say a word, or be patient, or as much as it depends on you, live at peace. So I'm like, okay, then I walk away. Then I sleep over it. But then I fight with my thoughts a lot. I never go back to address the issue. Then I let it. So with that, give God for me. So I have to write up about it right and then and then okay so in those situations the reason we sleep on it is because we don't want what's called emotional hijacking that means that we allow our emotions to dictate our response which might be negative because you're feeling strong emotions and the sleeping on it um, what what you can do too is do the um, emotion and reasoning list. I think that's going to help you better because you can't ignore how you feel in a situation because you're building, you want to build a relationship. That's the end result. And when we don't address things that bother us, our needs aren't being met. That's where the problem comes in. So what you want to do is be active about it. Write it down. Make a list. Make a plan. I think that's a better way to handle that. Put down how you're feeling about it and what your reasoning is saying. You want to investigate why do you feel that way? Why are you angry? Because maybe you feel neglected. Maybe you're not feeling cared for so then your response to the person when you have, when you settle down is, you know, I know that you care about me. I know that you didn't mean bad, but it made me feel like you were neglecting me or avoiding me. You know, so I just, yeah, do you, do you understand? Because... Yeah, yeah. You you, you want to do that. You want to come back. You want to have a plan to come back to the person after you've analyzed your feeling and your emotion. You felt your emotion, but you want to know why you're feeling that emotion because I feel X, Y, and Z. If you want to take the emotion deeper, you can ask yourself, why am I feeling like that? Is it a trigger for something from the past? Right? Because if it's a trigger from the past then that's a point of, I need to pray about this, bring it to God, um, and look at it at a, in, in, a better, in a better way. And then approach the person that, oh, you know, I didn't like that you put the toothpaste like that because it reminds, you know, <laughs> you, you come back to the person and you just tell, and you have that, you're, you're maturing. We're not just letting things slide. And that other person actually will build more trust with you 
because they'll say, oh, wow, you know, they had, they, they were able to come to me, talk to me reasonably, tell me directly how she felt. And we found a solution and that builds trust. It builds a stronger relationship. Amen. Does that make sense, Felicia? Yes. Did it help you? Does it help you though? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I know we 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 can have, and I I have really strong, I have really strong emotions about things, and and what has helped me to better address things is journaling and writing them down, because then I could see the better picture a little bit better about what's actually bothering me. Because uh, sometimes, sometimes if, if, especially if you're a person that does it constantly, you actually might have layers of repressed feelings. So uh, you need to peel them back slowly and, and, and don't let issues just go. You know, if somebody offended you, then you should be able to tell them what, what's bothering you. And, and it, you're still leaving at peace because you're actually making peace with the person. It's it's about making peace with the person, amen. Try try it out and let me know. I will try it Thank out. You. No, you're welcome. Oh, it's eight oh two, Pastor Steve. Okay, A- anybody else? Amen. Okay. Um, let's close and pray. Um, like I said, this is, it, it, this is really a wonderful topic. There's a lot to it. Um, but, uh, we're going to close and pray here. If you guys still have questions and something comes up, please feel free to reach out to me. Uh, most of you have my phone number. You want to chat about something. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, let's just pray and close. Lord, we just thank you and we give you praise for this time. Lord God, we thank you for everything that we discussed this evening. We give it to you, Lord God, that as we continue to develop our emotions, Lord God, as we continue to become more emotionally intelligent, guide us through it, Lord God. Give us the grace, O Lord. Give us the empowerment, Lord God, to do it and to grow in you. In Jesus' name, amen.